Well, good morning. It's uh, Thursday, January 6, 2022. Thursday, January 6, 2022. I, there is a story about Carl Rove. He had an op-ed this morning. Okay. He's not on our side. First, I, I should say that. He's not on anybody's side. He's on the side of, 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 of fascism, just not the extreme fascism that Trump is. I, he basically calls out Trump. He calls out the right wing and re- current Republicans in his op-ed about how they're following Trump, and it's a problem. That still doesn't make... I, if I do a story on him, I'm really going to have to cleanse my palate. So you can look up Carl Rose's uh, op-ed. Okay, PVTV, Political Views TV podcast. That's what you Google to find me. Uh, Tell your friends to Google Political Views uh, TV podcast, those four words. I'll show up right at the top of the search. I truly appreciate you coming every day. Thank you so much. Really nice of you. Uh, If you can, bring someone with you today or tomorrow. Tweet to me. Questions or insights or fights at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S. Today. This is the, of course, the one-year anniversary of the uh, uh, the insurrection. Today, Biden and Harris spoke on the anniversary of the uh, on this anniversary. Um, mind you, insurrection is my word. For political re- reasons, they call it the January sixth riot. They don't want to be leading the witness, so to speak, in their investigation. Um, Harris first spoke of her experience as senator and vice president-elect, of course, how barricades were made out of file cabinets. She spoke of what is at stake for our future democracy. She spoke about how, after the insurrection, lawmakers came together for the Constitution, to defend the Constitution. Of course, things are are different now. Republicans are different now. Uh, then she asked for voting rights reform. It was basically an advertisement for voting rights reform. Biden spoke this morning, focused on the singular responsibility Trump had in the assault on the Capitol. He spoke about the insurrection and wanted to make sure Republicans don't reframe history. Because that's what they're doing. They're, 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 they're saying that, that oh, this, this was just a couple of people, uh, you know, Walking around the Capitol, having fun. It wasn't anything important. Pay no attention to those five men that died. Pay no attention to those 150 police officers injured. Uh, He described the events like the gallows that were set up in the rotunda to hang Mike Pence in the Capitol and the lies that were spread. He He called out Trump directly about those lies. Like the insurrection taking place on election day, um, he did say that there is a shared belief in democracy. But I disagree. Republicans do not want democracy. They don't want democracy. They want a dictatorship. They want fascism. Then he spoke on how the GOP were creating laws to restrict the vote, more advertisement for voting rights, and how Trump challenged the election all over the country and lost in court to his own appointed judges. Then he reminded us of how Trump started challenging the election even before it happened because he saw the polls. 
that he saw what they told him of what the future held. Trump did. Then he pointed out, Biden pointed out, how Republican-leaning results in the ballots were not challenged. And, you know, this is an interesting point that I actually hadn't thought of. I, you know, I think of a lot of things, but some things get, get by me. Maybe I thought of it and I just forgot about it. So they challenge all these ballots that were against Trump, but many of these, those ballots voted Republican in other races. So what does that tell you? That tells you that tells you even more that Republicans don't have a leg to stand on saying the vote was rigged because even those ballots that didn't vote for Trump voted for other Republicans in office and, and closed the gap in the House. They the Republicans gained in the House. So if you called into question those ballots, that would mean that the House would be less, excuse me, more Democratic. It would have more Democrats. Anyway, on Capitol Hill, a series of events organized by House Speaker Nancy Pelosi took place following Biden's speech to mark the January 6th anniversary, still taking place, including a moment of silence on the House floor and testimonials from lawmakers about the harrowing attack Today, Matt Getz and and uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene are going to be speaking about those those uh, uh, guys that are that are in in jail for conspiracy before their trial. This is pre-trial jail. Uh, they're going to talk about how they're being held. They want to defend these people, these insurrectionists that wanted to overthrow our government. She wanted to. Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Getz want to defend these people. And they will be speaking today about that. Oh, I can't wait till that comes out. During his speech at uh, Statuary Hall inside the Capitol building, Biden uh, laid out the significance of what happened at the Capitol and the singular responsibility President Trump has for the chaos and carnage that we saw. Uh, in, a, in a preview of the president's remarks, uh, uh, Psaki said Biden would also push back on the lies spread by the former president and attempt to mislead the American people and his own supporters, as well as distract from the, his role and what happened. And that's that's what happened. That's what Biden did. Um, Biden said, and so at this moment, we must decide what kind of nation we are going to be. Are we going to be a nation that accepts political violence as a norm Are we going to be a nation where we allow partisan election officials to overturn the legally expressed will of the people? Are we going to be a nation that lives not by the light of the truth, but the shadow of lies? We cannot allow ourselves to be that kind of nation. The way forward is to recognize the truth and to live by it. And the truth is the insurrection. That actually happened. The events of the insurrection took place just two weeks before Biden's inauguration, which casted a shadow on his administration. And despite the slew, the dozens and dozens of tossed out court cases, failed state election audits, countless debunked conspiracy theories, many Trump supporters have continued to doubt the legitimacy of Biden's presidency. They have no 
reason. There is no legitimate reason. Nothing legitimate is left except for the empty words of these proven liars. Are you insane? <sighs> and silence, complacency among Republican lawmakers since January 6th, last January 6th, as well as voting rights, noting that Trump abused his office, undermined the Constitution, and ignored his oath to the American people in an effort to amass power for himself and his allies. That's what Biden was saying. An official said in a statement of what Harris was expected to say, that the insurrection was not just an assault on our capital, but an assault on the freedom and values and the Constitution. Uh, the vice president outlined that the American experiment is being tested and that we must work to secure voting rights, ensure free and fair elections, and safeguard our democracy for generations to come. And she honored the brave men and women in law enforcement, who I do not like, by the way, who fought to uphold our democracy, protected the Capitol, and saved the lives of the people who were there. I like that they did that. I do not like that they challenged me because I would have been there fighting against the insurrection. But the FBI came to my door worried that I would show up, even though I would have been defending the Capitol on that day. Now that I have your attention, let's try and fix the world. <sighs> Jimmy Carter, a, a national treasure, Jimmy Carter, has decided to speak up on the insurrection and the future of democracy. Carter, he's 97 years old, by the way, wrote in the New York Times uh, guest essay, one year ago, a violent mob guided by unscrupulous politicians stormed the Capitol and almost succeeded in preventing the democratic transfer of power. One year on, promoters of the lie that the election was stolen have taken over one political party and stoked distrust in our electoral systems. These forces exert power and influence through relentless disinformation, which continues to turn Americans against Americans. Our great nation now teeters on the brink of a widening abyss. And about those forces that send out relentless information, remember, Iran, China, Russia are helping you stoke those. That's who you're working with when you spread this misinformation. He went on, without immediate action, we are at genuine risk of civil conflict and losing our precious democracy. Americans must set aside differences and work together before it's too late. That aimed at Republicans who refuse. Obstructionist, that's all they do, obstructionism. The insurrection continues to be played out in legislation and obstructionism. McConnell is signaling a willingness to uh, cooperate with the majority party on a far more narrow reform uh, than, than uh, removing the filibuster, one that would e uh, entail tweaks to the obscure uh, Electoral Count Act. Ice cream, wolf, in sheep's clothing, of course. 
McConnell said yesterday uh, of of this 1887 statute, it's it obviously has some flaws. The act sets out procedures for the counting of electoral votes and gives members of Congress the ability to dispute the results of presidential contests. I'm sure that's not why he thinks it's a problem. And McConnell said reforms are worth, I think, discussing. Voting rights advocates, advocates, and my spidey sense says, if McConnell wants something, you can be damn sure it's a danger to democracy and is on the path to fascism. Don't listen to McConnell, please. Moving on to one of your favorite subjects. <clears throat> China, Russia, China, Russia. That rum deal uh, we talked about, what was it, yesterday? Was it yesterday? And, and uh, uh, Lithu- Lithuania politics are the gift that keep giving. <laughs> um, China lashed out the United States yesterday over its support for uh, Lithuania and its feud with Beijing over relations with Taiwan. Uh, Foreign Ministry spokesman Wang Wenbin, who we've talked about numerous times, said Washington was using Lithuania to use Taiwan to contact China. The U.S. side has defended Lithuania's erroneous act of creating one China, one Taiwan in other words, separate countries, and attempted to put together a small clique condoning the Taiwan independence forces. Yes, that's, that, that's what's happening. You're right. Uh, <laughs> the remarks came after both the U.S. and Germany said Chinese pressure on Lithuania was unwarranted. Lithu- Lithuania broke with diplomatic customs last year by letting the Taiwanese office uh, in Vilnius, the the uh, I guess their their embassy, I, I suppose. Uh, Vilnius uh, is is the uh, capital of Lithuania. Um, they let the Taiwanese office in Vilnius bear the name Taiwan instead of Chinese Taipei, which most other countries use to avoid offending Beijing. They say Chinese Taipei instead of Taiwan. Uh, Lithuania's move infuriated Beijing, which withdrew its ambassador to Vilnius, which is, like I said, the capital of Lithuania, and expelled the Lithuanian ambassador to Beijing. In his remarks, after meeting with uh, um, uh, uh, his German counterpart, I guess, uh, Annalena uh, Baerbach, U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Anthony Blinken, said, we have immediate concern about the government of China's attempts to bully Lithuania. Uh, Blinken said China has been pushing uh, European and American communities, uh, excuse me, uh, companies to stop building products with components made in Lithuania or risk losing access to the Chinese market. China's using their their, uh, buying capital to to strong arm small companies. Uh, China's foreign ministry has not directly confirmed its trade ban on Lithuania or other forms of retaliation, but said that Vilnius had crossed a red line. So we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks. Uh, The day after Assistant uh, Attorney General Jonathan Cantor uh, took the oath of office to lead the antitrust division at the Department of Justice in November after bipartisan confirmation, by the way, uh, Google suggested in a letter to fe- uh, federal officials that Cantor should be recused from litigation and probes against uh, uh, the tech giant Google 
because he may not be fair or impartial. <laughs> ah, Google, so transparent. Uh, CNBC reported yesterday that a spokesperson pointed to an earlier statement about his recusal saying, Mr. Cantor's past statements and work representing competitors who have advocated for cases brought by the department raise serious concerns about his ability to be impartial. I think there were some cases against Google because uh, 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 anti-competitive uh, cases, you know, because they are basically, they, <laughs> they are the only one like themselves. There is no competition really for Google. I mean, there's a couple of things. Yahoo search, Bing, <laughs> you want to talk, Bing, is that something anymore? Uh, Warren and Jayapal said, the company's attempts to force Mr. Cantor off current and future cases are misguided and reflect what appears to be a willful misunderstanding and misrepresentation of federal ethics mandates. They explained why Google had no merit. First, there is no evidence whatsoever that Mr. Cantor's work involving Google at the Department of Justice would affect his financial interest. <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't have stock at Google. Uh, second, Mr. Cantor has never represented either Google or the United States. The two parties that would be involved in any particular matter involving action by the federal government against the company. In other words, he's, he's probably been involved in suing Google, but not for the government. Third, although Google as a corporation with a clear financial interest in weak antitrust enforcement appears to be willing to question Mr. Cantor's impartiality, there is no basis for a reasonable person to do so given that Mr. Cantor's prior work has aligned with the federal government's interest and robust enforcement of antitrust law. Shot across the bow. <laughs> Basically, Google knows, <coughs> excuse me, Basically, Google knows what's coming. Eventually, Google will be broken up because they have entirely too much power. When, when corporations get this big and this strong, they exert political uh, power on countries. And that's where the problem lies. We can't have corporations exer exerting political power on countries. That's what they're doing. Cantor is seen as someone who can hasten Google's breakup. Now, it won't be like AT&T. It won't be that type of breakup. It'll be uh, Google uh, search engines breaking up with uh, uh, the Google division that does this and the Google division that does that and the Google division that does that. Then each of those divisions will probably start their own search engines. You know, anyway. Gislaine Maxwell, uh, again in the news. Uh, the Gislaine, and you know why I say Gislaine, uh, Lane Maxwell's trial has hit a serious snag, and it may be an uphill battle to stop it from being labeled a mistrial. Two jurors expressed their own abuse during deliberations, but never commented on that past when they filled out forms. I, I, I got jury duty this month. I'm supposed to uh, show up uh, like next week or something. And boy, do I have something to say. I can't withhold anything. They, I got to tell them that I hate cops and all cops are criminals and they belong in prison. <laughs> you think they're going to let me on a jury? Anyway, uh, defense attorneys for Ghislaine Maxwell said the convicted sex trafficker should get a new trial. Prosecutors also asked Judge Allison Nathan to bring the juror 
back to question him about comments made to media on his past. The uh, juror has given interviews to The Independent, The Daily Mail, and Reuters as uh, Scotty David, his first and middle name, where he discussed being a victim of sexual abuse as a child and how he shared his experience with his fellow jurors during deliberations. David told uh, uh, Reuters that some jurors had issues with the memories of the two accusers who took the stand testifying only as Jane and Carolyn. Uh, David decided to share his own experience of being sexually abused as a child with his fellow jurors, explaining to them that he remembered the most important elements of what happened to him, but not every single detail. Uh, David told Reuters that information swayed some of the jurors' opinions on Jane and Carolyn's testimony. Uh, Judge Allison Nathan said yesterday she has not yet decided whether questioning the juror is warranted, but she set up uh, a briefing scheduled uh, for Maxwell's attorney to file motions for a new trial in light of the development. I think there might end up being a new trial. Uh, she also agreed, um, the, the judge also agreed to the prosecutor's request to appoint a lawyer for the juror. Moving on. Australia isn't giving in. Uh, Novak Djokovic spent a day confined in detention, uh, a detention hotel, waiting for a court ruling and dealing with the prospect of deportation from Australia because of an issue with his visa application. He wants to be there for the Australian Tennis Open on the 17th. At issue is he got a medical exemption for vaccination from the Tennis Association, but not from Australia. Australia has strict rules for travelers. They must be vaccinated. Uh, the 20-time major champion from Serbia will spend at least another night in immigration, detention, probably uh, even the weekend, uh, with his chances of playing in the, uh, in the Australian Open in limbo. He may, it may not happen. His visa is canceled by Australian border fo- uh, force officials who rejected his evidence to support a medical exemption, exemption uh, from the country's strict COVID-19 vaccination rules. Uh, Djokovic uh, has not disclosed whether he is vaccinated against the coronavirus. And, you know, Australia is right on this. Australia has been really strict, and they've kept their numbers down. They've kept their deaths down, unlike the United States, mind you. Uh, Federal Circuit uh, Court Judge Anthony Kelly adjourned uh, Djokovic's case until Monday because of a delay in receiving the application for a review of the visa decisions and the temporary ban on his deportation. A uh, lawyer for the uh, government agreed that uh, Djokovic should not be deported before the next hearing. Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison said, the rule is very clear. Matey? No, he didn't say that. The rule is very clear. Uh, mate, you need to have a medical exemption. He didn't have a valid medical exemption. We make the call at the border, and that's where it's enforced. Uh, Djokovic uh, was transferred Thursday, uh, this morning, to a secure hotel controlled by immigration officials that also houses asylum seekers and refugees, where he will live out his days until they decide what to do with him. Ah... That's it. I short one. I like I said, check out the Carl Rove thing. You know, the uh I 
And you know what? I, honestly, you should probably send your Republican friends, your Republican family members to look at Karl Rove. They know who Karl Rove is. If he has an op-ed, they should see it. They really should. Uh, that's it. Thanks for listening. Thursday, January 6, 2022. Thursday, January 6, 2022. I truly appreciate you coming every day. It's so nice of you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, bring someone with you today or tomorrow. Uh, PVTV, Political Views TV po- uh, Podcast. Those four words is what you Google to find me. I'll show up right at the top of the search. Tweet to me. Uh, questions, insights, or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S. And remember, always remember, government profit is measured by the betterment of the people. Don't you ever forget it. I'm Peter Lawrence, reporting from Los Angeles. Thank you.